This is the Nothing But Bucks podcast. Now, here's your host, TJ Reeves. Well, here we go with a brand new season of Buccaneer football, but it is one unlike any other because it is 2020, the year of COVID-19, the pandemic and what it has done all across the globe and in specific to sports and the National Football League has really made this an off-season and a non-existent preseason, unlike anything else that we've had at least in recent times in the NFL. Great to have you with us. We're back for a new year as part of the Nothing But Bucks podcast. And however you found the show, either through Buccaneers.com, the Buccaneers mobile app, a social media link. Make sure to find us, especially after each and every Buccaneer game with the Bucks set to open up with the New Orleans Saints on Sunday, the Tom Brady era. Yes, I just said that. And you can hear the smile in my voice as I did say that as Tom Brady will open up things in his 21st season with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers after all of those victories, Super Bowl wins, MVPs, first ballot Hall of Famer with the New England Patriots, now in Tampa Bay, and now opening things up, coming in New Orleans against the division rival Saints. Second year of Bruce Arians' tenure. So much optimism around uh, right now for this upcoming 2020 season and we're here to talk all about it so again however you found the show subscribe on apple Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts or just lock in on the show through the buccaneers mobile app and buccaneers.com for you to get the latest one will come your way right after the games are played uh, with a recap version of the podcast special guests on the podcast and we might even do some special podcasts from time to time with some long-form interviews, et cetera, et cetera. To that end, it's not just TJ on the podcast today. Buccaneers radio analyst Dave Moore, the former 15-year veteran in the NFL, 13 of them with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, as clutch a red zone tight end as the Bucks had in the 90s and the 2000s. Uh, always a, a great outlet to catch those passes from any number of, uh, of Buccaneer quarterbacks throughout the years. Love his insight on a lot of things. We're going to talk to him about Tom Brady being here. We're going to talk to him about Leonard Fournette arriving in a crowded running back room. And the tight ends with Rob Gronkowski out of retirement, added to O.J. Howard as well as uh, Cameron Brait. Uh, we're anxious to, to get a former tight end's perspective on those guys. And, and also, what about playing the New Orleans Saints without fans in the Superdome? I mean, usually it is a frothing 70,000-plus in the Superdome in New Orleans as we go there every year. Now there will be no fans. And and what's going to happen with uh, try to deal with that? It's going to be odd. It's going to be different. Dave will talk about that here as part of Nothing But Bucks. I look forward to his insight and we look forward to he and Gene on the calls all year long. I'll help out here and there. Uh, It's definitely going to be different in 2020 with our broadcast of the games uh, as well. While the social distancing guidelines are in place and the health and safety guidelines are in place for coronavirus, uh, it's going to affect everything. But I'm anxious to to be part of all of this with Dave and Gene uh, obviously calling the game for you on Buccaneers Radio starting with this Sunday. Also on the podcast, uh, the ace kicker for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the late 90s and the early 2000s is my man, Martin Gramatica. He was automatic or Gramatica, especially uh, from about 99 through 2002, uh, made 155 field goals in his Buccaneer career, some 17 of them at 50 yards or more before everybody 
Daniels was booming 50-yard field goals. Martin Gramatica was. I want to get his insight as, as the Bucks have made a lot of different changes, and one of those, again, is at kicker. Uh, amazingly, the Bucks will go into yet another season with another new kicker. This is the veteran Ryan Suckup, who is due to be kicking uh, this weekend on Sunday uh, for the Bucks. The veteran, the former Tennessee Titan, he's, he's knocked around with two or three other teams. Uh, he has won the kicking job in this camp over Matt Gay, who the team drafted a year ago, who kicked as a rookie, but now has lost the kicking job and has been released by the team on the final cutdown. Just shows you that in the NFL, you're not going to tolerate missed kicks. Uh, that's for sure. And suck up has been very nearly automatic. Speaking of automatic and grammatica. So Martin will have thoughts on that. I want to talk to him specifically on nothing but bucks on the podcast about whether or not there's any validity to kicking towards the south end zone away from the pirate ship. That, to me, I've been in this market for every single season of Raymond James Stadium since 1998, and I have really not heard uh, until last year when it was being brought up when Matt Gay kept missing kicks, and of course two years ago it was Roberto Aguayo, uh, back two, three years ago that was missing kicks as well, that somehow the south end zone was different, and that that's the reason why kicks are sailing wide right, wide, wide left, the, the wind, the swirling wind. I'll ask Martine about it and let him answer about whether that is fact, fiction, uh, et cetera, et cetera, uh, as we go along uh, here on Nothing But Bucks. All right, so we'll get to the interviews in a couple of moments. Uh, again, typically we'll be recapping games with highlights, post-game interviews, et cetera, on Nothing But Bucks. This is the preview mode, kind of the 2020 ramp-up to the season preview show. So speaking of Leonard Fournette signing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, he met with the media earlier this week after just coming to the team on the weekend, only one week to crash course and learn as much of Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich's offense with the input of Tom Brady, obviously, as well to be put into the game for this weekend in New Orleans. Now, we should mention that Leonard Fournette's in game shape, as, as, as much game shape as anybody can be in, because he was working out in Jaguars training camp and all of their practices. They just decided to move on from the fourth-year veteran who is due to be a free agent at the end of uh, this upcoming season. So Fournette agrees to a one-year low-base salary incentive-laden deal to come prove himself in Tampa Bay. Here is Leonard Fournette, though, relieved because he says the line of scrimmage is not going to be as stacked because of that Hall of Fame caliber quarterback that's going to be under center. I mean, for the first time in my life, I, re I really have a quarterback. So that's an eye-opener for me. And not a lot of pressure comes comes is going to come on me. You know, I guess it's going to be a lot of with me and him and a lot of other guys on the offense. But uh, as far as, like, game planning and change things, it's, it's great for me. You know, I'm happy to be back there with one of the greatest, well, the greatest that played this game. And I get to learn from him, too. You know, my, uh, I guess my first two days there was sitting there talking to him about the defenses, what he expected, what I expect from him, you know, expectations, because, you know, it's high right now. Everybody wants to know going into this game, how much is Leonard Fournette going to be utilized? It is still an unknown as we're bringing you this podcast middle of the week. I, I don't know when you're hearing it as we get towards the weekend. I don't think that Bruce Arians, Byron Leftwich, and company are going to reveal very much about how much Leonard Fournette will or won't play. There is a lot of belief, though, that he is going to be active and he is going to play. Fournette updated us when he met with the media midweek about picking up the playbook. Oh, no. I mean, everything's going to take care of itself. My job is to come out and compete the best I can, get in the playbook, understand what they want from me, and uh, the rest will take care of itself. 
And finally, for the former first-round pick out of LSU, this is a homecoming. He will play against the New Orleans Saints after having played at LSU, after after having played high school football in New Orleans. He's never played against the Saints, so this will definitely be different. His first game as a Buccaneer is against his hometown team. Here again is Leonard Fournette. Uh, it means a lot, man. I'm a hometown, uh, born and raised. Uh, yeah, I think it's my it's my first time playing New Orleans, so it's not gonna be the same. What's the fans are coming at? Uh, but fortunately, it's not. But my job is to come out there and represent. And now let's hear from the head coach of your Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Bruce Arians, back for a second season. Again, no preseason, especially to to work with the new players on the offensive side of the ball. Brady, Rob Gronkowski out of retirement. Uh, LaShawn McCoy signed as a free agent off the Chiefs roster. Of course, he was a longtime Philadelphia Eagle before that. Uh, we mentioned Leonard Fournette coming to this team. Tristan Wirfs, the first-round pick out of Iowa, the rookie offensive lineman. They haven't been able to mesh in preseason, but this team is trying to ramp up and be ready to go uh, for the Saints. And, and look, Bruce Arians is in preparation mode for a division rival that really got the better of the Bucks in both games last season. Here's what the coach had to say uh, about why what happened a year ago happened and how it needs to be different this time around. Turning the ball over, especially like the second game we gave up a long drive and then we fumbled the ball away on the first possession inside the twenty. And uh, now you're, you're playing from behind against a really good team. Uh, same thing basically happened down there. And uh, so just got to control the football better, get the turnovers when they're out there. You know, we had a couple of punts on the ground last year. and did, We got them, but evidently we didn't on one, one instant replay. <laughs> That's the Buccaneers boss getting ready for this upcoming matchup with the New Orleans Saints. It will definitely be different. No fans in the stands in the Superdome, as I've already alluded to. Uh, the coach was asked midweek about what that's going to be like. How How is the adjustment different for a, a road trip unlike any other, really, that we've had in sports in the NFL where there's no crowd, there's all these different uh, COVID-19 guidelines, restrictions? What about it, coach? Not being able to go out to dinner, that's about the only thing. There's about three hours uh, when we land and when our meetings start. That really be the only difference. Uh, you know, Nobody goes out. I mean, some coaches like to go for a walk. They're not going to go for walks. So uh, we're going to get to the hotel and be there and uh, leave for the ball game and, uh, and come right back. It's really not different other than those three or four hours. Well, we know one thing for sure, that Bruce Arians is fiery and he is going to be uh, ready to uh, motivate his team, if they need much motivation, to battle on the road for the first of two meetings with the New Orleans Saints coming up on Sunday. For the first of a couple of times, I'll make mention 3.30 is the network pregame time. We'll be on the air at 4.25 Eastern time for the battle between the Bucks and the Saints, the first of two. The other one's slated to come on Sunday night football later in the year at Raymond James Stadium. All right. Uh, enough of me going over what my th- thoughts are about the beginning of this and hearing from some uh, different people like Leonard Fournette at, at running back or Bruce Arians, the head coach of the Bucks. Let's hear from our longtime radio analyst Dave Moore now with his thoughts on all of this going up against the Saints, Brady being part of the Bucks, no fans at least to start with and how that will be. Let's get to that conversation as uh, we preview the start to the upcoming season and we roll on. We are ready for a most unusual start to the season upcoming with the Buccaneers traveling to the Saints on Sunday. Who better to help decipher it for me than our longtime radio analyst? Do I see this correctly coming up on year 14 for Dave Moore, the uh, the venerable, great pass-catching tight end for the Bucs in the 90s and the 2000s? 
uh, back with Gene on the call of the games. I just do whatever I do to try to help out. 83, good to have you on the Nothing But Bucks podcast. It, it is anything but ordinary and anything but dull what we're about to embark on in 2020 with Tom Brady here, Gronk here, but no fans to start the season. How you been? Here we go. Uh, I'm doing well. Um, healthy, working away uh, over here in St. Pete. And, uh, yeah, I mean, with the excitement of everybody I talk to, I mean, people grab me as I walk by going down St. Pete and, uh, you know, they're so disappointed. You know, everybody wants to, you know, embrace this and go see the Bucks in person. There's a buzz in the community. There's an excitement. And at this point, for what we know, at least the first couple home games, they're not going to have an opportunity to watch them except on TV. And, you know, you and I usually make a couple trips over to camp, um, or I make a couple. You're probably there a lot more than I am normally right. this time of year because I've been there plenty of times. But uh, just to be able to watch them in person, see how they interact, see chemistry, talk to some coaches. And, you know, because of the protocols in place, we haven't really been able to do that. And then we spend our preseason – uh, learning about all the players, all the new guys, uh, get to learn a lot of new names for a short period of time. And, you know, now we're just going to have to get in there and do it for real. So uh, it's been a very strange off season, uh, still a lot of excitement, whether people want to watch it on TV or not. I'm excited myself just to see how all these guys play together and uh, how quickly in a short amount of time they have to develop that chemistry which isn't necessarily always an easy thing to do no and let's pick up on that point because it's the same for everybody but it's especially more difficult if you have a new coaching staff or if you have new prominent player new prominent quarterback trying to get acclimated to that and and as you just alluded to no preseason games dave to be able to do that then again, if you were going to put it in the hands of somebody at the controls, you would probably pick Tom Brady to be able to handle that. But still, this is relate as a player trying to get on the same page with a new quarterback. You did that before, and and now you don't have that uh, for preseason games. You've only had it against yourselves essentially in August. Yeah, and, and it's difficult. I mean, there's a clear advantage to, to especially on offense, where you have quarterback, wide receiver chemistry. I mean, you could tell a guy to run a hook route or a, a post or a slant. All receivers run it a little bit differently. All quarterbacks throw it a little bit differently. So that all of the OTAs and hours that you spend before you even get to camp, before right. the preseason games were missed. So when you uh, have a new quarterback with a new system with a different group of wide receivers, that puts you at a disadvantage for sure against, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs where you have the quarterbacks or the New Orleans Saints where, you know, Breeze has been there forever with his core of receivers and tight ends. So, yeah, they they had a lot to make up. Now, if it's going to happen, well, take a 20-year veteran, six Super Bowl rings, and a guy that's a coach that's on the field, and there's nothing defensively you can throw at him that he hasn't seen before. So if you're going to take the disadvantage, it's a pretty good one to take with Tom Brady. Uh, but yes, it, it's going to, it's going to do that for sure. And, uh, you know, listening to comments with, uh, you know, either watching them online or reading some of the comments, it seems like uh, they've been able to handle that pretty well, especially with the veteran receivers with Mike Evans and now Godwin. And of course, Gronkowski, 
uh, has played with him for a long time, so that's fine. But it, it's, it appears, or at least sounds like, uh, those things are coming together. Uh, and they just need to show up on Sunday. Voice of Dave Moore. Again, love his insight, his analysis. You'll be hearing him on Buccaneers Radio with Gene on the call coming up. 425 Eastern Time Sunday as things get underway in a very unusual circumstance in the Superdome with no fans there. We'll talk more about that uh, in a moment or two. I uh, you gotta you gotta applaud me right now on our first conversation of this 2020 year that I haven't asked you about the tight ends four minutes into the interview. I'm now going to ask you about the tight ends. <laughs> oh, I knew it was uh, here we go. You yeah. already mentioned Gronkowski, and of course you add OJ Howard and and Cameron Braith that the Buck fans already know about. This I don't think it's out of line to say loaded at tight end. All things being equal, stay healthy, get acclimated to the new offense for Gronkowski. Loaded at tight end as a tight end. You you got you, are you wanting to go out and, and run around and take a rep here right now to catch one from Tom Brady now that you got these other tight ends out there too? Sure, yeah, I'd lo- I'd love to have uh, had the opportunity. I did catch a couple pass from Dan Marino though. Yeah, that's not yeah, uh, that's not too bad. But I, I tell you, it really uh, from an offense, just a, a strategy standpoint, um, the tight ends can can help you do so many things. You know, if you're a defensive coordinator and you got to play against the Bucks this weekend, especially New Orleans, because they haven't seen, you know, what differences there's going to be in the offense from uh, this year. Uh, from last year, but um, you can go in the game with three tight ends, but look like you're in a spread offensive front with everybody split out with the receivers they have. I mean, Cameron Brake, we've seen him out in space a ton. O.J. Howard can do both. You have Gronkowski, who you can put in the slot and do some things with. So, you know, if you're on the other side of the field and you see three tight ends come in, what do you do? You put your big personnel in there because they think they're going to run the ball down your throat but then you spread out and now you have mismatches at bigger linebackers on tall, uh, quick tight ends and, uh, or vice versa. If you think they're going to pass it, you can put in some safeties and some DBs and then you line them up tight in a tight formation and push them down the field. So it puts you at a real advantage when you have multiple tight ends. You know, traditionally you'll see teams that have good tight ends will have a good blocking tight end. But you have three guys that are very capable of running down the field and catching the football as wide receivers. So it doesn't play into that normal when you get the two tight ends. You have one that's the designated blocker, and then you have another that is more of your wide receiver style. So it'll be interesting how they use them, and and they're going to have a lot of opportunity, especially when you get down in the red zone where – you know, it's a 50-50 run-pass situation. You you have no idea defensively, uh, you know, how to how to really combat that because you don't know what they're going to do. No doubt. A few more minutes with Dave Moore here, breaking it down with me, our Buccaneers Radio Network analyst. You'll hear him all throughout the season on the coverage, and as much as he lets me bother him, we'll we'll lean on him on occasion here on the Nothing But Bucks podcast. We're previewing kind of the season, the upcoming stuff. All right, a couple of quick answers here so that we can move along. Gronkowski, we, it's a great unknown. We don't know, can he play 16 games, how healthy? Uh, that it, Lots of surgeries for him, a year off for him. I look at it as if he can give you 30, 40 ish plays a game and you can get 12 to, you know, 13 games out of him healthy. That that's a great goal to have fair. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But you know, he's been the guy up in new England or was when he was playing and he was really the only guy. Yeah. They use multiple tight ends, but they use them in situations like I just described. 
But if you have him down here with O.J. Howard, Cameron Brayton, if you keep up Anthony Auclair, he's probably the best blocker out of the four tight ends they have on their roster. So if you use those guys either in tandem or individually and rotate them in and out where he's not taking 65 snaps a game, mm-hmm. he's taking 30, uh, he might be fine holding up the whole year. I mean, he, you know, he's a guy where because he's so big and powerful, when he catches a ball over the middle, the first thing everybody does is takes out his leg. So then, he, you know, he's going to wind up with it's where you hurt your arms, your shoulder, your back, all the things he had aren't necessarily just from the normal pounding. It's the fact that nobody wants to take him up or take him on high when they're tackling him because he's either going to drag him, run him over, or, or just pull away from him where that's why they always go low and that's why he really takes a beating. So if you can use him situationally, not wear his body down to keep him fresh, uh, you, you would believe he'd be able to, to hold up the whole season. Yeah, let's hope that that is the case. Very interesting that the Bucks make a move, a couple of moves. They get LaShawn McCoy, the former Eagle who was known for a long time there, played in Buffalo last year with the Chiefs. They bring him in in the running back room with Ronald Jones. They drafted a running back in Keyshawn Vaughn that, again, we're interested in seeing. Is he going to be active? How much is he going to play? And, oh, by the way, they now pick up Leonard Fournette from the Jacksonville Jaguars off of waivers on a one-year low-base play uh, pay in salary-laden deal that's going to have him highly motivated. What do you make of the veteran Fournette now in the running back mix at the 11th hour here? We, it's a great unknown. We haven't seen preseason game. We, we haven't seen practice. <laughs> Everybody wants to know how much can this guy play, how effective can he be. What is your guess, Dave, doing this as long as you've done it and playing at the highest level? I, well, how are you going to use them all is my first question. You know, is, is, is you going to have these guys rotated in and out? You know, some running backs play a lot better the more touches they get. Others, and we've heard a lot of the comments, even on the Bucks teams over the years, you know, those guys need to kind of take a pound in a little bit until they feel like they're in the game. But if they can use them, it can't hurt to have more guys. So we always talk about pass rushers. If you could have 15 of them, that would be great. I mean, the fresher the players are, uh, the, the more you should be able to take advantage of defenses. And then if you're, again, game planning against them, they got four running backs that are very capable you got Tom Brady that as soon as you try to sneak an eighth guy in the box to stop the run, he's going to throw it over your head. It puts you in a tough situation defensively. But it'll be interesting to see how all of uh, those guys uh, find their way into the football game, whether it's situationally, whether it's based on you know field position, down and distance. Uh, but you'd like to see uh, the Bucks run the football well. And because even in the scrimmage film that I watched – when you know Bruce Arians just to bust Tom Brady's chops, put the ball at his one yard line for the first time he had a, a live drive <laughs> at the stadium, you can see that they ran the ball as much as they threw it. You think Tom Brady, you think of all the great plays he's made with his arm, but that his offenses have traditionally run for a lot of yards. Now, if you have three guys that are very capable um, and you put together – uh, you know, an offense that can run the football as well as pass it, Tom Brady could take advantage of how the defense is going to try to play it. If you can, if you can be 50-50, you have a clear advantage over the defense. No doubt. And quick answer on this. We don't know. We're not going to know. They're not going to tell us. We assume Fournette active, yes, Sunday. And it would not surprise me if he gets some carries in short yardage, if he gets some carries goal to go and on the goal line. 
I, I think it is a one and one A with he and Ronald Jones, but that would not surprise me. Quickly for you, would it surprise you if they're using Fournette right away in those key situations when he's been here about a week? No, not at all, because he'll get the packages that they're going to use him in. He'll know exactly what to do, and uh, hopefully we get to, to see him play. But I, I agree with you 100%. They'll give him uh, situational packages without having to learn the whole offense in a short period of time to take advantage of his skills. All right, and then as I've mentioned here, as we wrap it up on Nothing But Bucks and the podcast, a reminder, subscribe away, uh, whether whether you find pad- podcasts through uh, the Buccaneers mobile app or the Apple Podcast Store or wherever podcasts are found, look for Nothing But Bucks. Th- this will be as weird as anything you have ever been around, anybody's ever been around, no fans at NFL games. It's crazy. I keep saying this, Dave, that they ran the Kentucky Derby last weekend with no fans. They ran the Indianapolis 500 a couple of weeks ago, the car race with no fans. Now we're about to have NFL football all across the league without fans in the stands. Guess again, uh, project, what is this going to be like? How weird is this going to be across the NFL and for the Bucks in the Superdome on Sunday and then a home opener with Carolina the following week to not have fans there? It's going to be hard as a player. Um, maybe not just the first week, just the excitement and the nerves of getting going. But I remember playing out in Houston before they moved the team to Tennessee when there was probably 11,000 to 15,000 fans in the stands. Right. And it was very – it felt like practice. It didn't feel like a game. You could hear the coaches yelling from the sideline. It was extremely quiet. It it was just a very weird um, situation to get – cranked up for you know the crowd gets you going you know it it feeds the energy of the football team and when you're in an empty quiet stadium it's tough to get that intensity and juice that you need on game day so it's going to especially the veteran guys it's going to it's going to take them a little bit to get used to it um you know obviously you got to be a professional you got to go out and play and there's no excuses but at the same time you know you're going to have to pump yourself up because you're not going to have 60,000 fans helping you get there. Well, we will see. We will embark on all of this. It's going to be new. It's going to be different. It's going to be odd. It's 2020. What can we say? And hopefully we start getting some fans at these games, these Buccaneer games, and some of these games coming up around the NFL. We'll see as we go along. For now, we know it's Bucks and the Saints in the Superdome on Sunday. Dave, I always love the insight. Thank you. I look forward to seeing you and being around you and being on the call of game number one, the Brady era, the second year of Bruce Arians. Here we go with this weekend. Thank you for hanging out on Nothing But Bucks, my friend. Hey, I look forward to seeing you this weekend, buddy. I'm excited. And there we go. Love the inside of that man. He and Gene Deckerhoff will be part of the call. I'll be on with them coming on Sunday for the matchup with the New Orleans Saints, the first of two. We're on the air 3.30 Eastern time with the pregame coverage for the network. Gene and Dave and I will call the game starting at 425 Eastern Time. Tom Brady's debut. Likewise, Rob Gronkowski's buck debut. LaShawn McCoy, uh, Leonard Fournette, Tristan Wirfs, the first-round pick on the offensive line. Everybody's slated to make their debuts here in this matchup coming. It's going to be very curious how many running backs are going to be active. You would have to believe, yes, Ronald Jones, yes, Leonard Fournette, yes, LaShawn McCoy, trying to work that out. Uh, Again, you've got new practice squad being uh, enhanced and and, and more bodies on the practice squad to be able to utilize and activate because of the COVID-19 guidelines and the need that may be there. They've also relaxed the injured reserve 
uh, as well. Uh, to be able to bring players back quicker and more of them for that very reason. So it's going to be different, everything different in 2020 for sure. But Dave, ready to go as a former player here for week one, game one, even with no preseason to get your body acclimated and get ready. We'll see what it looks like. And it's the same for all 32 teams getting ready to go play without any preseason games. All right, a guy that uh, is ready to address the kicking situation, veteran Ryan Suckup brought in to replace second-year kicker Matt Gay, who did not even make the opening day roster for year two after his rookie year where he struggled at times with extra points and shorter field goals suck up known as a very accurate kicker especially inside the 40 yard line let's get some insight and analysis from arguably the most successful kicker in buccaneer history martin grammatica a pro bowl kicker in 2001 a super bowl champion in 2002 has more field goals more successful field goals than any other buccaneer kicker with 155 of them uh, that is a bunch. Got a chance to talk with Martine in the buildup to this start to this season on all of those subjects and much more. First of all, it, it is exciting to have a new season. It is weird that for right now there are not fans, but at least we have games. How are you? I know you're getting pumped for everything to get started. You're going to be on the call of the Spanish broadcasts of the games. Uh, but the new season about to be here, Mar- Martine. Oh, man, I can't wait. And uh, how how – I mean – I think everybody's exciting not knowing what was going to happen. There, were, there was talk that, you know, we, there was not going to be a season, a possibility that it couldn't be a season. And uh, so now to be two days away from kicking off and to have our team kicking off this weekend, uh, I couldn't be more excited. And also to, to be able to be able to call the games, you know, with, with Carlos, uh, we had a, we have a, a great time and, and it just, uh, there's the excitement level and the expectations this year are at an all-time high. So, I, yeah, I can't wait to get started. No doubt. Let's pick up on that point because you were part of teams. It's not that long ago. You were part of teams in the late 90s and the early 2000s that were expected to win. Now with the addition of Tom Brady, with all of the talent on both sides of the ball, this Buccaneer team being expected, Martin, by everybody to win You've been in this town a long time. It, it is a little bit different here, but the expectations are sky high. How, how does this how does this work with dealing with those expectations? No, absolutely, TJ. The expectations this year uh, are even higher than the year after we won the Super Bowl. It's it's crazy what Tom Brady does for this uh, for what he's done for this franchise. It, it made it relevant uh, nationwide, worldwide. I mean, I'm I'm doing more interviews for South America than I did after the Super Bowl. I think everybody wants to know about Tom Brady and, and what he's doing and how, you know, so it's crazy what one player can do for a franchise. And, and not only that, it's attractive to come play in Tampa. Now that's why we've signed some big time names. You know, you signed uh, Fournette recently uh, uh, to, to put Rosen on the practice squad. That yep. is to me is probably one of the biggest moves the Bucks have done in years, because if this kid pans out, you get a first round pick for nothing. So uh, I, and that's, I think a lot of that is because Tom Brady's here. So it's, it's crazy. Uh, The expectation, the fans are all excited. Unfortunately, we won't be able to cheer on Tom Brady coming out of the tunnel. I go, can you imagine what a waste that is for us Bucks fans. We've been waiting all these years for a winning team and, and to put a good product on the field, and now we get the best quarterback to ever play to come out of our tunnels, and we can't cheer for them. That's just a shame. At least for right now, I know what you're saying. We're hoping that later in the year that will be the case, but for right now it is not the case in the first two home games uh, for the Buccaneers. All right, I've waited right. long enough. Let's get into the kicking aspect. Um, the one thing that we, we have become accustomed to, change has been constant with the Buccaneer place kicker. Here we go again with the, the uh, second-year kicker, Matt Gay, gone 
gone and a veteran Ryan Suckup comes in. And Suckup has done very well, especially inside 40 yards and on the new extra point distance. I believe it's something like 61 for his last 61 kicks inside of 40 and uh, on extra points that are obviously inside of 40 is, is that what this right. came down to, the reassurance that you've got to make the makeable kicks more so than the, than the lengthy kicks? Uh, is that, I mean, in your mind, is that what this move says? Oh, absolutely, uh, DJ, especially uh, when you hear uh, Bruce Arians at the, the press conference uh, after the, the uh, scrimmage when both uh, kickers struggle a little bit at the stadium. He said, look, we need the gimmies. The gimmies we have to be 100% in. We cannot keep missing gimmies. I'll take a 50, a 58 yarder, and that's a plus. But if you can't make the gimmies, that's not good for us. And when you hear that coming out of the head coach's mouth, now you know that Matt Gay has a huge leg, but has been inconsistent in the, on the shorter kicks and the extra points. So when they signed uh, Ryan Suckup, I, I knew that was going to be a competition, a real competition. But um, I didn't realize they were going to get rid of Gay that quick. I thought they were actually going to let him compete a little bit longer. But you've already seen enough body of work from Matt Gay for from you know basically a year and a half. So nothing's going to change over a week. So, and if you look back at last year, a few of those kicks cost us games, and you cannot do that when you have a team that's trying to go to the playoffs and win a Super Bowl. So can you imagine uh, wasting Tom Brady? Uh, over a couple missed kicks so that's where I think the Bucks the alarm you know came up quick and that's when they they went got a veteran and not only a veteran but a very consistent veteran because that's what you need you need uh you need consistency hopefully scoring a lot of touchdowns so you cannot miss those extra points so I think that's to me the biggest reason why Ryan Suckup was is our kicker now well, this man would know a thing or two about clutch kicks, having done so for the Buccaneers again in the late 90s and the early 2000s. I still think one of the greatest kicks in the history, if not maybe the greatest kick in the history of the franchise, in the pouring down rain in Miami. I know I can't see you right now, but you're smiling. In the pow- pouring rain in Miami, could that have been 20 years ago in the 2000 season? This man made about a 49 or 50 yarder off the right hash in the driving rain to basically seal that game uh, against the Dolphins on the road. Uh, clutch kicker time and again, including a Super Bowl champion in 2002, is Martin uh, Gramatica. All right, clear this up for me somewhat jokingly here. I know Matt Gay had problems last year on the potential game winner against the Giants on the last play. He missed it in the south end zone. He, he missed two or three more kicks as the year went on in the south end zone. And in the final game of the year in Atlanta, he missed a couple of them. Extra point and field goal going that way. There's being a lot made that the end zone going away from the pirate ship is somehow cursed or different. Uh, Enlighten us here on the podcast. Did you ever have any concerns going that way when you kicked in Raymond James Stadium? And what did you do if you did? No, you know, um, I've never even heard of that curse or the south end zone being harder than the north. I never thought about that, never heard about it till recently that's uh, the talk and that's maybe but when you miss a 32 yarder that has nothing to do with the wind affecting the kick or any of that he just mishit it so um so i don't i don't think so i i felt good going both ways that that at times i could say that that for a right footed kicker might have been a little different uh because the the wind blows uh from left to right there so it's hard to see where to aim that's it just a but if you hit a true ball that cuts through the wind you should be fine because on the north end zone when the wind was blowing right to left, I would aim at the right upright, kind of let it drift in. So that was a little bit easier mentally on the on the part of measuring or or aiming. But 
as far as the kick, if you hit it true, um, the wind, yes, it can affect it, but I don't think any of the misses by Matt Gay were affected by the wind. He has a strong leg, so that's not it. I think it's a lot of it could be a little bit of lack of concentration on the shorter kicks where, you know, he's kind of relaxed a little bit, thinking, oh, this is only 35, 40 yards. I can get it there. Now you relax and you don't swing the same way that you do when you hit a longer ball. So I think it's, I don't think it's cursed. I just think it just we've just been unlucky with kickers in the last few years. Yeah, no doubt. Fundamentals, the most important thing. Again, suck up is the veteran that is coming in. And again, this man would know a lot about making those kicks. He was a 2001 Pro Bowler uh, for this team. Uh, again, 155 field goals is the record. Made all those kicks in the Super Bowl win over the Raiders. Martin would know something about making those. But listen, I know you have a blast doing five-day-a-week radio again for the audience that is in the Tampa Bay area. If you're not aware, Martin and Rock Riley chop it up weekdays 9 to 11 a.m. on WTMP on the AM dial. Uh, they're also nationwide on the tube. I'll let you tell us more about that in a second. Martin, also again on the Spanish calls of the game, Caliente 96.1 FM. He and Carlos Borges are on the calls of Buccaneer football on the Spanish station. I know you love this now, being part of the media, the analysis, the whole thing. You get fired up to do this and see what the Bucks can do and cover it and talk about it, right? Real quick. Hey, listen, TJ, I still don't consider myself a media guy. I was <laughs> rock all the time about that in the morning. So. <laughs> I'm, I'm just an ex-player trying to give opinions. But, no, I, I, I'm having a great time. It's a lot of fun working with Rock every day, talking sports. I mean, how, how can you not have fun uh, talking sports and then uh, and then calling the games with Carlos? Carlos is a, tr- a true professional. He really – uh, he's come a long way from really never calling an NFL game now being his third year. He's learned so much, and he's put a lot of work into it. So it's uh, it's really fun to do that as well. So, yeah, I'm having fun. You know, it's, uh, as long as it doesn't interfere with me coaching my kids' soccer, I, I think I'm good with it. <laughs> and Martinez intends like he was kicking those field goals for the Bucks when he's coaching the kids' soccer, too. It's fired up for all of this. We're fired up for the start of the Bucks season with the Bucks and the Saints coming. Let's hope all the kicks are true. Let's hope the kicks are all down the middle. Uh, and we'll see what happens here as the Bucks get ready to play. Martin, thank you. I appreciate you helping me preview it as things get underway here in 2020. We appreciate you joining me uh, here on the Nothing But Bucks podcast, sir. Anytime, TJ. Always a pleasure talking to you, and uh, thank you for everything you do when you come on our show as well. So I appreciate that. And again, Martin and Carlos Borges will be on the call on uh, Caliente 96.1. Uh, the Espanol version of Buccaneers Radio, as they'll be calling the game in the Tampa Bay area on that station. Love Martin's inside, and let's hope that Ryan Suckup gets up to a, a fantastic start in the Superdome in New Orleans. Again, it is intriguing. I didn't get a chance to ask Martin this, but on a road game where there's not 70,000, 80,000 going berserk when you're trying to kick a, a key kick, a winning kick, it will be different. It will be odd. That's another point that will be odd in the empty Superdome that Suckup gets to kick in that, and it will be the same, obviously, at home, where everybody should quiet down, kicking at Raymond James Stadium. And I like I like what Martin said. He poo-poos that whole thing about the south end zone and whether or not that really has an effect uh, or not on that, uh, with kicks going that direction away from the pirate ship. So I love Martin's insight as well. All right, that just about does it. We are ready to go. I, I'm glad that we have finally gotten to this point because as you're hearing this podcast, that means we're very close to Buccaneers football 2020. We did not have preseason. We're about to start with the regular season, a year unlike any other that any of us has ever experienced, especially now when we bring it to sports and pro football. Definitely odd, definitely different. 
but we're now ready for it to happen. Brady and the Buccaneers, year two of Bruce Arians. It begins in New Orleans again, 3.30 Eastern time. We'll have the network pregame coverage. 4.25 is the kick from the Superdome. And what the Buccaneers, their ownership, the organization, the fan base hopes will be a special season. It starts in New Orleans. little something, by the way. The 2002 Super Bowl year started with the Saints. Yes, it was a loss at home for John Gruden in his first game. I think 2002 worked out well even after the game with the Saints. So here we go again in 2020, 18 years later. It's the Saints as the first opponent. And, of course, Super Bowl 55 to be played in Tampa Bay. That's a long way off, but it all starts for everybody this weekend to see what's going to happen. Let's see if it's a good omen, a good performance. And we're ready to talk all about it in the aftermath of game number one on this podcast, Nothing But Bucks. Again, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts. Also, find us through the Buccaneers mobile app, Buccaneers.com. If you found us on a social media link, uh, again, make sure that you subscribe and you lock in after the games. It's a recap podcast. I'll have special guests on. We'll have highlights, uh, et cetera, on Nothing But Bucks. Spread the word around about the podcast. For now, we are done in the preview mode. As year two of Bruce Arians gets underway in the Big Easy without fans in the Superdome. Tom Brady under center for somebody other than the Patriots. And he's doing it for your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Believe it. It's about to happen. I want to thank also Steve Carney helping me out uh, with highlights and producing. Jeff Ryan's our director of broadcasting with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Thank him as well. And we thank you for listening. And we get ready for the Bucks and Saints Sunday from the Big Easy here as part of Buccaneers radio coverage and nothing but Bucks. Bye.